Shannon Waller here, and welcome to the Team Success Podcast. Today, what I'm going to talk about is something I have called the delegation death grip. And this is something I've seen a lot of with my clients, whom I adore, all of whom are entrepreneurs or entrepreneurial team leaders, where they have this thing that they're tired of doing themselves. They have someone that they want to have do it. They know the person's capable, at least intellectually. And if you can imagine your runner in a relay race holding onto the baton, they're holding onto this baton and they pass it to the other person, but they don't let go. And the other person is tugging and tugging and tugging, saying, I can do it. I want it. I want to finish the race. And you're like, no. And you just can't make yourself peel the fingers off the baton. That's the delegation death grip. And that is because we just have this series of, I think, fears and habits that prevent us from actually letting go. So I'm going to dig deep and kind of explore what some of those things are, because I know that when you actually do let it go, first of all, the sun will still rise in the east, your business will not fall apart, and you'll actually be freed up to move on to bigger and better things. And I think this might actually need to be the starting point. You have to talk to yourself about why are you delegating this? Because one of the fears that people run into a lot is like, well, if I'm not going to do that, what am I going to be doing? But when you know that you are so filled up with opportunity and you can't get to it because you haven't let go of things, that's a very strong impetus for actually letting go. So just for a moment, because I know this is true of everyone listening, that you know you have something right now that you could let go of, not just theoretically, but practically. There's something that you're tired of doing. Yes, you're capable of doing it. It's in your wheelhouse, but you don't love it. And you know that if you had that time and mental energy freed up, you could make much, much better use of it. You could be better used for your highest and best use, if you think about it. There's something out there that people you'd like to spend time with, conversations you'd like to have, ideas that you'd like to expand, products that you want to design, conversations you want to have with clients that will help move them ahead. Whatever it is, there is something you want to be freed up for. And we don't tend to let go of things until we're really clear on what we're going to go to next. It's a little bit like, not to mix my metaphors here, but letting go of one trapeze, you have to be pretty sure the next one is swinging towards you. I want you to get really clear on what that looks like. So inspire yourself about how you can be freed up because that's you telling your heart that there is something worth letting go of this for. And that's really, really important. Otherwise, if you think there's nothing, you're just going to hang on to everything you've got if only for your own identity that you're busy enough that it's going to look good to other people. So make sure you've got a good incentive here. And the other step is to recognize that you do, in fact, do it. You know, we all hang on to things. I know for me, I have a couple of these, actually. For me, I am very protective over conversations with clients. Now, I started working with Strategic Coach in 1991. My clients were mine, although they were really strategic coaches, but we worked on them together. I was really in charge of that. And then other people started coming in and taking parts of the conversation with clients. And I was like, I'm not sure if you can do it as well as I can. And sometimes people did and sometimes they didn't. But a lot of times they did it a lot better than I would do it. You know, I would find myself saying, call this client. I hired a team and I had a whole slew of people working with me. But I would be so cautionary about the communication. I would tell them how to write emails. I would tell them what to say on the phone, which if you think about it, it's kind of obnoxious. Providing direction is great, but telling people how to do their jobs, why not hire them? (laughs) If, If I didn't trust them that they were capable, intelligent human beings, what were they doing on my payroll? So we've all made this mistake because we care. So that's something to appreciate about the situation, but it doesn't mean we can't let go. So really just acknowledge that this is something that happens with everyone, especially people who are really talented and really committed and they care a lot. So this is 
a natural function. If you didn't care, you'd be like, here, you just toss it. That's not what we're talking about. So first of all, make sure you've got something bigger and better to go to for you. That's a better fit for what we call your unique ability, what you love to do and are best at. And then also recognize that part of the holdback is because you care so much. You know, I think that's really important. Now, the next thing to do is to really make sure that you are delegating to the right person. If there is one thing I hear a lot from our clients is that they're just not sure who to give it to if the person's going to do a good job. And one of the things that I love to do, and if you've been listening to this podcast, you'll have heard this once or twice before, or perhaps 10 times, is I love profiles. I like intelligence profiles like Wonderlic. I love striving instinct profile. For instance, Colby is the one that is by far the most accurate and, and validated. So that measures how people's mental energy actually plays out. And that's really important to know. If I'm going to delegate an accounting function, I'm going to delegate it to someone who has a lot of mental energy in what's called fact finder. They have tons of mental energy for specificity. Accuracy is incredibly important to them. Being appropriate is really important to them. So that's vital to know. Now, I myself am a three in fact finder. So my talent or my strength is to simplify. Mm, That isn't always what's needed with accounting. (laughs) So I want to find someone who's, in fact, much better at it than I am. And then I'm going to go, here, stay in communication with me, stay in contact. But I know you're going to do a better job at it than I would. And I'm very happy delegating those things. So I know for me, knowing my own profile, knowing the profiles of people with whom I work has been essential to my confidence in delegating. I cannot recommend it enough. And the other aspect of profiling that I find really particularly helpful is in terms of personality. So if you delegate a people activity to someone who's much more focused on task, you may not be thrilled with the result because the mindset that they're going to bring to it is one of just getting the task done, but it may not have the warmth or the relationship focus that you want to have on it. Or vice versa, if you assign accounting to someone who's only interested in people, well, they're going to want to wander out to the lobby to see who's there (laughs) so they can have a conversation. They're going to want to get out of the back room. So again, the profiles just give you a very fast insight. Obviously, there's room for judgment and intelligence matters a huge amount. But that sort of stacks the odds in my favor of success, which I am always about doing. I want that advantage. And then also just talking to people. What do you love doing? Watch how their eyes light up. How people talk about things that I find tediously boring and other people find them incredibly exciting. I love that. I absolutely love that. And I know things that I do on a regular basis that I find easy and fun and not hard. They're like, oh my gosh, never. I never ever want to do that. And I enjoy that. I enjoy the fact that there's things I love to do that other people don't and vice versa, which means we can be in teamwork with one another. The next most important step to do, and this in fact might be the most important, is to lay out your success criteria. There are two reasons why this is really important. Number one is because you need to get this out of your head. You've been doing this activity or this task for quite a long time. You know what works. You know what doesn't work. So let other people know. Say what happens when it works really, really well. Give them the best result. Give them the worst result. (laughs) If you've got some real stories to tell about how you failed or how the situation should not go, by all means, tell stories. They're fabulous learning tools. And then out of that, you can say this, 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 and this are really important to pay attention to. And when you do that, you have a lot more confidence about what you're communicating. And again, the reason why I say this is perhaps the most important step is because this is the one I find people struggle with the most. If there's one reason why people have a death grip on delegation, it's because they can't get their own knowledge out of their own head. 
and into someone else's, which is kind of the point. Now, the second reason why this is so important is because then the other person knows how they're going to succeed or fail. They know on upon which they're going to be graded. I don't want to be handed something and I want to know what the other person's going to consider a success and what they're going to consider a failure. So I know which game to play. I know how to play it. I know what to focus on, what not to focus on. Otherwise, I'm going to come into it with my mindset, with my perspective, with my history, with my experience, which may be completely different. And I may think I'm winning and you may think I'm failing. That's not fun (laughs) for either one of us. So really getting clear on what that is for yourself. So by all means, write it out. takes about five minutes for almost any task. Again, best result, worst result, and five to 10 success criteria of what to make sure of is true. And all of a sudden, when you hand that over, that's actually the baton, by the way, then you're like, here. And then you can score people. My minimum standard is four out of five. I want an 80% result. And what's amazing, though, is I don't want a 100% result. I mean, if I get it, great. I'm not going to complain. But I'm happy for people to learn. So the last point here is to allow people to make mistakes and be willing to put in course corrections. If you're not, it's not a great handoff, then you're tossing it to them. Then you're just abdicating, and that does not work either. It's really, really important that you actually let people check in, let them ask questions. Don't just be this dictator, or don't be someone who tosses it and runs away. That's not effective delegation either. So really, really being clear that it's like, hey, here it is. I know you're going to have questions. It looks crystal clear right now, but in 10 minutes or 10 days, it's not. So come back and check in with me. Bring the success criteria and let me know where you're running into obstacles. Maybe there's something I forgot to communicate, or maybe there's simply a nuance that we haven't talked about yet. We haven't thought about it yet. So that will give you a lot of confidence. And then the person you're delegating to a lot of confidence that they can, in fact, take it with capability, with assurance that they know how they're going to be graded and scored. We all want to know that. And then you have increased your odds of success dramatically. And I coach this all the time to entrepreneurs. I coach this to team leaders. And when they actually do this, they look at who they're delegating to. They figure out what's next for them. They figure out the success criteria and they communicate that. And then they do the course corrections. They become very, very successful at letting go of things. And the reason why I think this is so important is because delegation is essential for growth. If you hang on to every single thing you're doing today, five years from now, you will not have grown one bit. Your company won't have grown at all. You won't have grown in your leadership at all. So if we're going to grow our organizations, whatever it is that we're doing, we have to be willing to let go of things. I mean, delegation is not my favorite word, to be honest. It has this sort of corporate hierarchical feeling to it, but it's true. In a lot of ways, I've delegated the strategic coach team programs. I came up with the idea in 1995, started coaching them, created them with help, and I'm not the only person who coaches them. If I had that death grip on delegation, I'd have very, very small team program part of the company, which would be ridiculous. So right now they're much bigger. They're actually in a lot of cases quite a bit better than they were when we started doing them because I have been willing to let go because I've been willing to see what other people do with it. I've created the seeds and I grew the plant and then it went in the garden and then it flourished. And I didn't try and control it. I went and started new seeds because that's really what I do best. And I love it. And I love the fact that I don't have to feel in control of everything all the time. And it's really fun to actually have created something to do it really, really well and then to pass it on to someone else to see what they can do with it. Because people are different. They have different mindsets and capabilities and backgrounds and experiences and perspectives. What they do with it is kind of amazing. 
I mean, I hope they don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, but quite often they add to it and they have new dimensions and new, certainly I tend to do things in a very simple format. They expand on it and elaborate. It becomes much richer, a much fuller conversation, which is much easier for some people to connect with. So I love that. I love to see what the other coaches do with the team programs. That's always a win for me. So part of the reason why I want to share this with you today is I recognize that it's been a huge part of my growth. And I know it's a huge part of everyone I coach's growth and expansion. And I certainly want that to be part of yours too. So that wraps up our conversation about having a death grip on delegation. I hope you feel free now to peel off the fingers and to let it go much more easily. And again, just to stress, preparing for an effective delegation doesn't take very long. Five to 10, 15 minutes conversation and you're done. So if you've been hanging on to a couple things, my goal for you is you have expanded freedom and opportunity for yourself and also gives expanded opportunity and freedom to your team. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed it. If you have any questions or comments, please let me know at questionsastrategiccoach.com. And as always, here's to your team success. Hi, Shannon here, and thank you very much for listening. If you like what you heard today, please take a moment to rate the Team Success Podcast on iTunes. And we'd love it if you'd share the podcast with anyone else who could benefit. If you're interested in learning more about the Strategic Coach Program for Entrepreneurs, visit us at strategiccoach.com or the Strategic Coach channel on YouTube. For free downloads and more team success strategies, visit teamsuccesshandbook.com.